Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. I hope you're having a wonderful week so far. I hope you've had an opportunity to get out and work with your dog and spend some time with them. And I've, I hope you've had an opportunity to listen to a few more of our episodes. Again, I apologize for not having one out every week. We are working hard to ensure that we have a new podcast or a new episode for you every week. Uh, we, we just hang in there with us. Um, we're going we're gonna to get this all worked out. We do want to let you know we have some things coming up. Um, next Friday night at the farm at Natchez Trace, we have our dog communication seminar. There's plenty of room for social distancing and masks are required. Uh, it is a three-hour seminar, 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock. It's $35 per person. Um, it is, to me, a priceless seminar to help you understand how dogs communicate, how they interact, uh, what it looks like when altercations are about to happen, how you can keep things calm, and how you can use dog communication in order to communicate with your dog. Um, if you've never had this seminar, highly recommend it. Um, if you've had it, I recommend you do it again and again. We typically have people that will take this seminar five and six times because there's so much information. Also, we have added a new intern to our pack. Uh, so we do have a new intern, um, Melissa Clunch. So happy to have her on board. Uh, she has been um, with us for about a week now. Um, we found her through ARC, the Animal Rescue Corps. She has volunteered with them a lot. And because of COVID, uh, she's had the opportunity to change um, her career. And she has chosen to go with dog training. And we are thrilled to have her on board. Uh, you guys will have an opportunity to meet her soon. Um, we will have her biography um, and a little bit of information about her on the website soon, I hope. Uh, that's, that's totally Brittany, not me. So 
Um, it may already be on there and I don't even know it. So check out the website just in case. Uh, but we are happy to have her and hopefully in the next six to nine months, she'll be taking her own clients and that will put three trainers on staff and uh, we're really excited. Uh, we are growing by leaps and bounds and I uh, feel very blessed and very fortunate. And I have a good team and we're going to keep moving forward and keep bringing you the information that you need to become a better dog owner. So with all the announcements out of the way, what we are going to talk about today is about giving your dog commands or cues. Uh, basically, getting your dog to uh, respond to a word that you have put in there, um, and whatever that word is, that you're trying to elicit a behavior. So, for the example, sit means put your butt on floor. So, if you ask your dog to sit, the behavior you're looking for is butt on floor. So, back in the day, we called it commands. You know, what commands do you use? I know that there are a lot of people out there these days who don't like that word command. Uh, they would rather use the word cue um, or asking for a behavior. Whatever word you want to use, that is fine. I will be using the word cue today because I think that we cue our dogs in many different ways, not just with our verbal words. And that's what I want to talk about. How are you cueing your dog? Are you cueing your dog in the most complicated way or are you making it simple? And what does cueing your dog look like? Do you even realize that you are cueing your dog to elicit a behavior, whether you mean to or not? So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about how you're doing these things. So I found it uh, really interesting, uh, I guess interesting, but not surprising. The other day in my group class, I asked... Um, the participants to ask their dog to sit. Now, each participant was sitting in a chair and uh, their dog was tethered to the chair. And I just wanted to see how they asked their dog to sit and how responsive their dog was. And so I asked them to give them the cue sit um, or the command to sit. Um, every single one of them stood up out of their chair. Majority of them stood facing their dog, leaning slightly towards them. They would then raise their hand and then ask the dog to sit. So in their mind, they're probably asking the dog to sit using their verbal cue. The problem is, is they were giving many cues right before that. Standing up, facing the dog, that is a cue. If you stand up and face the dog, the dog knows, okay, something is about to happen. The majority of the thing that happens right after my owner does this is they ask me to sit. So then it gets to the point where I hear a lot of my clients say, I don't even have to tell them to sit. I just stand up. Well, maybe just standing up, you didn't say it, but standing up and facing them did tell them to sit because that is a cue. Dogs read body language. That is what we're talking about with the seminar. It's all about body language. Dogs read body language first and foremost. Uh, verbal words, those are uh, not <laughs> the way dogs uh, communicate. It's all about body language. So if we start to use body language when asking our dogs to do a behavior, they're going to pick up on that body language faster than they're going to pick up on the verbal cues. So I really want people to understand that you need to be able to do the least amount body work that you need to do 
in order to elicit a behavior from your dog. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck inside of a box having to do three different things to get your dog to sit, which can waste precious seconds. But it's not just the sit that we worry about. If you're having to add in a bunch of body language and body commands or hand signals to getting your dog to come when called, you are definitely going to be losing some precious seconds. I never want to lose precious seconds when I'm communicating to my dog. It doesn't mean my dog is going to do everything within a half of a second or a second or two seconds. But I want to make sure that I am controlling the one thing I can control, which is communicating my, to my dog what I need them to do as quickly as possible. I need to be able to tell my dog to sit whether I am standing, sitting myself, laying down, facing the dog, not facing the dog, with my hands full, with my hands in my pocket, with my hands behind my back, with my hands um, holding the dog or holding the leash or touching the dog. It does not matter. The behavior that I want my dog to do should not be based on my behavior. It should be based on the cue that I put in, which is the command that I put in. See, to me, cues and commands are different. You can cue your dog by tightening up on the leash. You can cue your dog that other leashes, that other leashes, that other dogs are coming by tightening up the leash. How many of you do that? How many of you have your dog on a walk and you see something that is going to be distracting to your dog so you tighten up on the leash? Well, right then you just cued your dog that something is around. And especially if you've done it consistently enough, you basically have cued your dog to be on guard to be aware, or to be reactive if you have a dog who's reactive on leash. So you can cue your dog without using any words whatsoever. To me, when I ask my dog to do something, I'm giving them a command, or you can say I'm giving them a directive. You can come up with any word you want that's in the dictionary that that means the same thing, and it just may sound nicer. A lot of people don't like to use the word command because... They don't want to feel like they are forcing their dog to do something. So maybe it's just a directive we want to say. To me, I'm typically going to be asking my dog to do something, but the command that I'm going to use is going to be the same. Could you sit? Could you sit, please? Command doesn't mean it has to be something just harsh. It doesn't mean that it's just something that comes out of my mouth really hard. Sit. Commands can be given nicely. They can be... Uh, said nicely. They can be even said in a sentence. The, what, what I'm talking about here today is, is making sure that you're not adding in extra cues to your command to get a response. I've done a podcast on or done an episode on using hand signals. I am not a hand signal fan um, because I don't want to have to get my dog's attention get them to look at me to get a behavior. If you're using a hand signal in the way that most people use hand signals is you use the hand signal first, which means that's gonna become your default cue, which means when your hands are full, you're not gonna be able to elicit the behavior you're asking for if you don't have the default cue, which is the hand signal. So I like to get rid of all hand signals. I don't want my dog to have to look at me in order to respond, especially if I'm asking my dog to come to me or sit. I can think of 10 different ways that I need to ask my dog to sit when I'm not standing in front of them and my hands are not available. 
So don't go overboard when asking your dog to do behaviors. Capture behavior, acknowledge the behavior, get it consistently enough so that you can put one simple command to it. Or you can put four commands to it. You can have multiple commands for one behavior. Just don't have multiple behaviors for one command. All right, so you want to try to get away from using any type of hand signal. So how do we do this? How do we get away from using the hand signals if you've been one of those that you've been using it? First thing, if you've been using a hand signal for sit, then my recommendation is if you ask your dog to sit, count to one, then use the hand signal. When the dog sits, reward. Do it again. Ask for sit, count to one, then use the hand signal. What's going to end up happening is your dog is going to hear the word sit, he's going to anticipate the hand signal, and he's going to go ahead and sit. Therefore, we're eliminating the hand signal. Now, what about if you have to stand up and hover over your dog to get a sit? Well, start asking your dog to, to sit randomly. Stay in your chair and just ask your dog to sit. Give your dog three to five seconds to respond. If he doesn't, ask again. If he doesn't, then know that you need to work on conditioning that verbal cue or that verbal command with that behavior. Don't change your body. Don't ask your dog to sit. And when they don't sit, stand up, hover over them, and ask them to sit. Because then you are telling them, hey, I've got to do all these other things before you can do this behavior. It's amazing to me how many people think their dog is just stubborn and not wanting to listen to them when they're not giving the command and the cues properly to elicit a behavior. Think about this just for a second. I just want you to think about it. Do you do this? Do you ask your dog to sit and you do four different things, right? So do you walk over to the jar of, of treats, pick up a treat, hold it in your fist, face the dog, slightly lean towards him as you're kind of trying to dominate him, which is, please don't do that, but you're hovering kind of over him. Then you hold up your hand and then you say sit. Well, you just gave several cues. The first cue being that you went and got a treat. Now you've told the dog, hey, something's about to happen. The second cue is you stood over the dog. You faced the dog and stood over the dog. Third cue, you lifted your hand. Fourth cue, you gave the command. Now what's going to happen, <clears throat> excuse me, when your dog is across the yard and you want your dog to sit immediately? Do you think you're going to get the sit? When the dog doesn't respond, whose fault is it? Is it the dog's fault or is it the human's fault for not teaching the cues correctly. Do you want to have to walk out to the yard to get the dog to sit or do you want the dog to sit from a distance? So I want you to stop going overboard in your body language to elicit a behavior from a dog. And don't feel like you need to lure your dog into sits and downs. They already know how to do that. You're just adding extra steps to yourself. Capture the behavior. Acknowledge the behavior. Reward the behavior. Then consistently, once you're getting it, you can put the word with it. Don't be adding in extra steps that you're going to have to get rid of. Same thing if you're wearing a treat bag. When I ask a dog, you know, when I ask an owner to ask their dog to sit, and they reach for that treat bag first and foremost, we have a problem. Because now that's the cue that something's about to happen. And if you don't do that cue right before you ask your dog to sit, there's a really good chance you're not going to get the sit. 
So you need to eliminate all these extra movements that you're doing with your dog in order to get a dog who is responsive to you verbally with very little effort on your part. Even when I'm teaching a dog to stay, the stay is not based on my behavior. I shouldn't have to keep repeating it. I shouldn't have to keep my eye on the dog. If I can keep my eye on the dog, then why do I need to stay? If I can physically be watching them, why do I need to stay? So when we teach, we want to teach for real life manners. The stay means stay in that spot regardless of what I'm doing, regardless if I am next to you, away from you, out of your sight, in sight, facing you, not facing you. It does not matter what I'm doing. I want my dog to understand that their behavior is not based on mine. I've asked you to do it. I've taught you how to do it. Now I just need you to do it. I shouldn't have to work so hard to get my dog to be responsive. The harder you work at getting your dog to be responsive, the less responsive they're going to be. Because the harder you work, the more confrontational you're going to be. And especially if you've asked your dog to sit and when they don't, you go and face them and you hover over them and you're pushing kind of yourself into them or you're leaning over them. That's confrontational. Your dog is more than likely going to give you calming signals by head turns, quick licks, yawning. And it may sit, but it may sit and also head turn. So you're not getting a sit and focus. You're getting a sit used as a calming signal to say, please get out of my space. Sit, head turn, paw raise. Did the dog sit because you were asking for a sit or did the dog sit because they were using a calming signal to try to get you to get out of their space? Because they've learned that if they just sit, you'll back out of their space. So watch yourself when you're doing things. Ask yourself, you know, Am I making some of these mistakes? Find a mirror. Get, get in front of a mirror and start asking your dog to do some things and watch yourself. Or have someone video you. Or have someone watch you so they can tell you. So that you can start getting commands from your dog by just using verbal words. Alright, so you're not having to use body language. And not using hand signals. I know people think it's impressive when their dog can respond to hand signals. It's not impressive. You're basically getting the dog to do things in its natural language. What's impressive is when a dog understands your language, something that they do not have innately, but they understand your language and they can respond to your words. That's impressive. Not having a dog to sit because you've raised a fist or, <clears throat> excuse me, or you've raised a hand. It's impressive when your dog understands your language and can respond to that with little effort. So th I want you to be thinking about this and think about all the things that, that you've maybe done to inhibit your dog from responding to you in the real world. Have you added a bunch of body language? Do you reach for a treat first? Do you grab the, the treat bag? Do you position your body in a certain way? And another great test is face away from your dog and ask him to sit. Don't even look at him. Ask him to sit. Wait three to five seconds. If they don't, ask again. If they don't, then they don't probably, they probably don't understand just the word. And you can do this with any behavior. Down, come, stay, and see what your dog will do without you making eye contact. What words do they really know? Because how many times do you call your dog and they're not in sight? You don't want to have to get them in sight first and then give them body language and a word to get them to come. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm lazy. I only want to do what I have to do. I want to be able to sit right here and say, can you sit please? Or if you're in another room, can you come? Right, so it's, I don't want to have to get out of my chair to do any of that. 
So think about what you're doing. Think about how you can change it. And I really encourage you to work towards giving your dog verbal words that match with the behavior that you want. And really work hard on not cueing your dog, not only for behavior that you want, but don't be cueing your dog for behavior that you don't want. If you have a dog who is reactive on leash around other dogs or people, stop cueing them by tightening the leash every single time you see a distraction. When you see the rabbit first and you tighten up, guess what? You just cued your dog that there's a rabbit and they're gonna start looking. Now, if you have leash reactivity, there's obviously a lot of things that we need to do and you can reach out and we'll be happy to help you with that. But the very first thing that we try to tell people is stop cueing your dog using the leash. All right, so that's what I got for you this week. I hope you can really think about this and, and you know, retrain yourself to not work so hard to get a behavior. All right, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I hope that uh, you have an opportunity to get out and work your dogs. Please stay safe. Um, make sure that you um, have that social distancing, even if you're going to places like the dog park. Uh, just be careful wherever you are. Uh, we just want to make sure that everyone stays safe, that we can all get back to a semi-normal life. Or, hey, who knows? It might be even a better life than it was before. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. And I really hope to meet each and every one of you uh, in person soon. We are taking clients right now. We are booked out about a month, um, so which is why we had to bring a new trainer on. Uh, but if you need us, reach out to us sooner than later. If you think you might need us next month or your budget's going to get to where you're ready for us next month, go ahead and give us a call or email us and get on the books uh, because we are booked right now. We are, I promise you, we're really going to try to get episodes out every week and, um, and so that we can continue to help you be the best dog owner that you can be. And I hope you guys, again, have a wonderful, wonderful week.